This is Let Your Voice Be Heard right here on WHCR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem. And we are back on Let Your Voice Be Heard on 90.3 FM, WHCR, the voice of Harlem. If you were just tuning in, this is Stanley Fritz. I'm here with Selena Hill and Alyssa Fuchs, and we have had a great show so far. Today we talked about cybersecurity and the cyber attacks that happened earlier this week. This was the largest cyber attack in U.S. history as of the date, and we think it was done by China. Do they want to start war? Do they want to make MySpace pages? Do they want to just mess with America because they can? Well, you got to listen in. We'll have the whole episode uploaded by tomorrow afternoon. We also had the news roundup where we talked about Caitlyn Jenner and her transition. The two prisoners who escaped from Clinton facility and apparently they were murderers. And then also we highlighted some interesting information about the Duggars who are disgusting people. And if there is a hell, I hope they burn in it. But that's not important. So now we are but back. Jesus loves them and give them money. No, Jesus does not love them. I'm sure Jesus is like, who the hell are these people? But Caitlin's still Christian. I'm not talking about Caitlin. And conservative. Talking about? Oh, sorry We're about that. about the Duggars. Oh, Duggars. Yeah, like who cares about I'm sorry. I'm still stuck on Caitlyn Jenner. But we have to move on. Um, guys, we're actually going to have a very, very important conversation. I don't know if you guys have seen the ProPublica slash NPR news article about the American Red Cross and what they have not been doing with the millions of dollars they collected towards the Haiti Relief Fund. So supposedly they collected $500 million um, and within like the last few years since we know that the earthquake hit in 2010. And they only built six permanent houses haiti is still pretty much in in shambles a lot of people are still hurting and suffering from the earthquake and we want to know what's been going on and thank goodness for this article that sort of exposed everything that's been happening and it hasn't just been this article there's been a number of reports um for years tracking the progress of the american red cross in haiti I'm glad you mentioned that, Selena, because if you guys are paying attention, I played a song from Big Sean. It's called I Don't Mess With You. That was purpose. dedicated to the Red Cross. <laughs> I want them to know how I feel about them. Absolutely so. Now, if you were alive and around and aware in 2010, I'm sure you were. I think it was January of 2010 to be exact. Um, I'm sorry, earthquake. Haiti had a huge earthquake. I think it was um, 7.5 magnitude, maybe a little bit higher. And it decimated the country, which many of us know as probably one of the poorest countries in the world. Immediately, an outpouring of support and funding began to go to Haiti, whether it was the government promising to give at least $200 million in relief funds or Wyclef Jean telling people to text and money will go towards fund for Haiti or the Red Cross, which, as we know, is an NGO that is usually the leading candidate for donations when we have crisis all over the world. The Red Cross got over $580 million. Pardon me, maybe 488, and I'm hoping to be corrected, but they got almost half, half a billion dollars in funds to help Haiti get through this relief. That was in 2010. It is now 2015 going on 2016. 40, only 40% of Haitians at this point have access to safe drinkable water. We still have millions of Haitian Americans who are unable to find housing or even pay for housing. We have a serious problem with the Haitian political system and a lot of corrupt politicians who maybe got the money for relief funds but did not use it for the appropriate means. And now we have a report coming from ProRepublica talking about the Red Cross and how that 488 to $500 million, a half a billion dollars, only produced six houses. And because I'm a person who loves to read articles and I just so happen to be awake at hmm, two in the morning on a Tuesday evening, I read into the article, and I'm going to give you a couple of highlights from the article before we even get to the guests that we have online. So, 
The Red Cross says that 91% of donations went to help Haitians. That is not true. So instead of making concrete improvements to living conditions, the Red Cross launched a hand-washing education campaign. And the Internal Review noted that these were not effective when the people had no access to water and no soap. And obviously that is not the same thing as what I said with the, um, the donations. But what was happening with the Red Cross was that they were saying they only took they only took, you know, enough money to pay for, like, maintenance fees, et cetera, et cetera, and 91 cents out of every dollar went to help the Haitians. Actually, they were not counting when they had to go to consultants and pay those consultants to do things, and then when they had to maybe pay for other resources like travel expenses, vacation expenses, and other resources that they needed on the land. So from what we understand and what the article claims, it is almost 26 cents off of every dollar that the Red Cross was taking in order out of the relief funds. So if you donated $10... For every one dollar, twenty six cents out of that dollar was taken. So just a one 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 penny over a quarter. Yes, the Red Cross was getting it extremely wrong. And of course, the Red Cross says that they built all these houses, but there are only six documented houses that are official. And the way that it defined they define housing in Haiti was extremely problematic. And there's some there's some conversation that they could have been talking about tents and tarps or teaching people how to build houses or housing safety. But listen, guys, I am not the expert on this, and I don't want to lie to you and make believe that I am. What I'd like to happen is for us to have a very honest conversation about what is happening, and I think we have two great guests that can help us do that. So if you want to call in, I want to let you guys know now the lines are going to be tied up, so please save your questions to the end. I will try to make sure I allot between 7 and 10 minutes so you guys can call in and ask questions. If you're online you can use twitter to ask us questions or go on politically preposterous and leave a comment and we will address them as soon as possible our first guest is justin elliott he is a pro-republican reporter covering politics and government and accountability and he also investigated and wrote the scathing article in a pro-republica and i read the entire thing at two in the morning justin it was a great read thank you so much and we also have dan beaton and he is the international communications director for the center for economic policy and research and we thank both of these gentlemen for coming on the show today to help us with this very interesting article and to get this ball rolling i'd like to start off with justin elliott if you can just give us some background on what caused you guys to be so interested in the red cross's um you know handling of haiti and how you began to get this information sure thanks thanks for having me here um what happened actually is that myself and my reporting partner uh, laura sullivan npr had done some reporting last year about the American Red Cross's work in the United States, um, focusing on their response to Hurricane Sandy uh, that hit New York a few years ago, and there were um, problems with that response. Um, After we did that story, we started hearing from people inside the American Red Cross saying, uh, you know, you should look at the Haiti program. It's been really problematic, and there have been a lot of problems. Um, And so uh, it was ultimately... uh, the fact that um, people from the Red Cross uh, itself came forward to us that sort of prompted us to uh, start looking into this. So those people in the actual Red Cross who were saying this? That's right. Um, I mean, many of our sources for the story, uh, some of whom are quoted on the record in the story, um, are either current or former Red Cross employees, people who, um, you know, are upset about what happened in Haiti, um, you know, disagree with some of the decisions that uh, management has, has made. Um, you know, a, a lot of the story is actually based on uh, the Red Cross's own documents that, uh, not public documents, but sort of internal documents that we were um, <clears throat> able to obtain and, and publish uh, that sort of give an inside look of, of what happened in Haiti. 
All right. Thank you so much for that, Justin. So now I want to give a bigger snapshot to people who are just tuning in. We are talking about the Red Cross's alleged failure in Haiti and how bad that actually was. So, Justin, if you can just like take one step back for us and just give our listeners just a general scope of what the article was talking about. Sure. So w- what we found is that uh, while some of the money that was donated for uh, after the earthquake for Haiti was spent on, on sort of worthy projects, um, a lot of it was wasted. A lot of promises were broken. Um, for example, as you mentioned before, um, the Red Cross, uh, their main focus, they said in the beginning, was, was going to be providing uh, permanent housing. Um, they announced a variety of projects that were that, were, that was going to do that. Um, and now, ultimately, uh, more than five years later, they've only built uh, or paid for the construction of uh, six permanent homes. Um, they have done uh, some other things in the housing area. They've um, they paid for the construction of a bunch of uh, these things that they call transitional shelters, which are sort of these one-room structures that um, are only designed to last for a few years. Um, but a, a lot of the projects were uh, crippled by sort of bureaucratic delays, uh, turnover inside the Red Cross, and a lot of it, uh, according to people who work there, um, flowed from the fact that uh, they didn't have any background in Haiti specifically, and in general, they don't really do international development work. So they weren't, uh, you know, in a good position to, to spend all this money they raised. Hey, Justin and Dan, this is Selena here. And um, Justin, I had a chance to watch your interview. I think it was on CNN, and you were speaking with a spokesperson from the Red Cross. And from the clip I watched on YouTube, it didn't seem like he was taking a lot of responsibility. I know that the Red Cross has put out a statement actually defending um, themselves against the article and saying that we've provided housing for over 130,000 Haitians and that they are continuing to, to work and to dedicate um, their time and money to um, build up, to rebuild Haiti. And I wanted to get your response because in the clip, I know you were very, very laid back. And I'm just like, he's basically negating everything that was written in the article or he's just being a really good PR. So how do you feel about the Red Cross response? Because they aren't really taking accountability or responsibility. They're sort of saying, well, look at what we are doing. Forget everything in the article. Yeah, I mean, in a couple points in response to that. Uh, one is, you know, again, most of the piece was based on uh, either accounts from people who, who worked on the Red Cross program or um, their own documents. And to give an example, we published a memo by uh, a woman who was the, actually the head, the head of the Haiti program, a Haitian-American woman, um, from a few years ago in which she tells her superiors, you know, we're failing in Haiti. Um, there's all these internal issues that are going unaddressed that are hurting our programs. And, and also that uh, she, she said that other Red Cross officials are actually making disparaging comments about uh, Haitians and, and uh, we're, not, we're not hiring Haitians or looking at Haitian resumes. Um, and again, so that's a memo from the head of the Haiti program. It's not sort of just an allocation that um, a random person is making. Um, you know, specifically on the housing point, uh, the Red Cross has this number that they throw around that they've provided homes to uh, over 130,000 Haitians. But if you uh, go to Haiti, which we did, and try to find uh, 130,000 people living in homes provided by the Red Cross, you, you won't find them because that number actually includes a bunch of other things that are, such as, uh, as was mentioned before, um, 
sort of construction training, uh, which is not actually, um, you know, the building of a home. Uh, so um, the number is, is something much less than that. It's not clear exactly what it is. Thank you so much for that. And guys, I just, I just want to reintroduce Dan Beaton, the International Communications Director for the Center for Economic and Policy Research. And Dan wrote a very interesting article, and I know that ProRepublica Pro got um, some of the information from this article or shared some of that information. And in it, Dan, you mentioned that the reports that the Red Cross were putting out on Haiti over the years were showing, and I'm, I'm, I'm sub-quoting, so like, correct me if I'm wrong, but either small shifts or like inconsistent shifts in their numbers of how they were helping. Could you give us some more information on that? Yeah, well, thanks for having me on. I mean, this is something that I've been pointing out for uh, a few years now, looking at the Red Cross's yearly um, reports that they do, you know, every January and the anniversary of the earthquake. I want to trumpet what they say they've accomplished. And um, really, uh, you know, as as was just being discussed. I mean, these are vague numbers, and they're able to kind of puff them up because, like with housing, they included numbers of people who attended a seminar um, along, you know, on, on how to repair houses, along with people who received temporary rental assistance, or you know, as for Dan, those, um, six families. Dan, do you have? Um, are you? Do you? Dan, do you have a radio on? Or um, are you? Are you by anything? We'll get feedback. We're getting a lot of feedback on our side. Okay, so we'll check that during the break. And I, I also wanted to cut you off because you mentioned that they were counting housing as people who went to construction workshops. Uh, yeah, well, a seminar. A sem- oh, it sounds like how the NYPD counts their uh, numbers. So right. do we have a hard, like, do we have hardcore numbers on that? Like 500 people attended a seminar that they counted as getting housing? Uh, I don't really, this is actually something that um, uh, the Red Cross General Counsel, David Meltzer, told uh, NPR's Laura Sullivan. I forget the number he, he used, but he admitted that. I mean, he had to kind of, you know, get that fact out of him. He, he wasn't really forthcoming with it at first, it sounds like. How is that legal? Bo- that's, a, that's a question for both of you, so I guess we'll start with, with Justin, since then you, then you just answer the question, then we'll go back to you, Dan. How is it legal to give someone a housing seminar and then claim it for housing, and then you're supposed to be a nonprofit organization that receives donations? Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting question. I mean, first I just want to say we um, we, we cited uh, Dan's work in the article, but really, if, if anyone really wants to dig into the sort of uh, details on this, um, his organization, uh, Center for Economic and Policy Research, has really been been on this sort of alone for for years um you know in in terms of the numbers i mean it's it's an interesting thing the you know the american red cross even though they do have a sort of special relationship with the u.s government um it's a private organization and and there really aren't that many disclosure requirements in terms of the law so they really pick and choose uh what they what kind of information they put out about their programs um and in the case of haiti um they, they publish these annual reports that have very, very broad numbers, like they break down their spending into a handful of categories, and that's it. So if you really want to look at, uh, try to figure out what happened to the money, it's very difficult or it's impossible to do um, just based on their public reports because um, all it says is, you know, we spent $150 million on shelter and $100 million on health. They, they declined repeatedly to provide us with the, a list of projects and a you know, breakdown of the finances of each one. Um, and then you start to look at some of these other numbers, and they don't seem to add up. I mean, the other big one is they, um, they've they said that they helped 4.5 million people in Haiti get back on their feet after the earthquake. Um, you know, 
the population of Haiti is only 10 million people, so that would that would mean uh, helping basically half the population. Um, and uh, no one we talk to in Haiti um, believes that that number is is remotely possible. Remarkable. So, Dan, did, would you like to answer that question as well? The um, how is it even legal that they can claim this? Well, yeah, I mean, I'm not sure about the legality of it. It's definitely something that, um, you know, I think could be looked into by legislators and others. I, I believe that there are some legislators that are starting to take an interest in the Red Cross um, after uh, these reports by ProPublica and NPR. Um, well, thank you so much for that. So, guys, we're going to go on a quick break, so please stay on the line with us. When we get back, I have some very interesting questions about the Red Cross. One of those things was Doctors Without Borders, Lena, when they felt that they had reached a certain amount of um, funds raised to help Haiti, they stopped requ- requesting donations. Well, Red Cross did something a little bit different. I'll let you guys know what that is when we get back from this quick break. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard on 90.3 FM. The w- Voice of Harlem. W-A-T-R, Lena. <laughs> We are back on Let Your Voice Be Heard on 90.3 FM, WHCR, the voice of Harlem. If you were just tuning in, we are talking about the Red Cross's amazing failure in Haiti. That's what I like to call it right now. And on the line with us at this very moment, we have a very special guest. And in case you guys do not know who he is, because I haven't told you yet, yet, his name is Dan Beaton. He is the International Communications Director for the Center for Economic Policy and Research. We also had Justin Elliott, who was the ProPublica reporter who helped to write the article about um, the Red Cross's malfeasance in Haiti. Maybe I shouldn't say malfeasance because, you know, we're reporters. But the Red Cross's situation in Haiti, but he had to leave us so we have dan right now and he is going to help us navigate through the rest of this story and the problems that we were having in there so now dan work with me up here one of the points in the article that justin wrote was that um in haiti in haiti where they were doing fundraising certain organizations once they reached an amount they thought was enough to help stop collecting money the red cross didn't is that true and if so why well, that's something they talk about Doctors Without Borders doing. And, uh, you know, I would have to um, point out that they definitely seem like one of the better organizations that's been operating in Haiti. They have done a lot of really important work to try to eradicate cholera, not just cholera prevention, which seems to be what the Red Cross has been focusing on. But uh, Doctors Without Borders has been one group that really seems to want to try to get rid of the cholera epidemic altogether. Um, along with a lot of other important work they've been doing since the, you know, the earthquake actually happened. Um, in fact, they made a lot of important noise early on that the U.S. Um, government was really kind of getting in the way of um, other organizations being able to fly in and, and do emergency work, including Dr. Without Borders. But, uh, yeah, so this is something, you know, I want to make another point about this because something the Red Cross is doing here is, they're really, you know, trumpeting their successes and so on as they see them, right? But um, at the same time, there, it's not like these urgent humanitarian situations are done. You know, you still, as you mentioned in your intro, there's still a lot of people in Haiti, millions of people who lack access to clean water, who lack access to adequate sanitation. So these are, and you, when you have a cholera epidemic going on, like this is how cholera spreads, right? So these are all urgent humanitarian situations, emergencies, really. So why wouldn't the Red Cross be doing new appeals for more money, actually, if the work they were doing was so effective? 
You know, no, good I, point, Dan. It's a great point. It actually leads me into sort of the question. I, I I wanted to ask both you and Justin the question. Unfortunately, as our our listeners know, Justin had to get off the line. But Dan, do we see this as being just a gross mismanagement I- issue of gross mismanagement, or is there actually some kind of nefarious motive going on behind this, where the Red Cross is trying to misappropriate these funds and it's more affirmative versus what I'll call either some type of negligence um, or gross negligence or even a recklessness kind of standard versus intentional, uh, you know, intentionally doing something in for the purposes of theft or other than the purpose they're supposed to be using the money for? Well, I don't want to attribute motive here, but, uh, you know, there's a couple institutional problems that have happened with the Red Cross. They're not unique to the Red Cross either. But with some of these bigger organizations, especially, and the Red Cross is the biggest one operating in Haiti, you had, uh, you know, you had them raising huge amounts of money, as you pointed out, half a billion dollars almost, with the, in the case of the Red Cross. So one of the things we were really making a lot of noise about early on, you know, we started a blog just shortly after the earthquake in 2010, um, and one of the things we were making noise about was the slow pace of spending. You know, we saw the Red Cross had raised all this money. You know, people might remember the big telethon, with George Clooney and, you know, Matt Damon and, and all these rock stars and all these musicians and all these people to raise money for the Red Cross, right? So they had all this money. They were really urgent, I mean, more than now, obviously, really urgent, you know, humanitarian situations going on on the ground. And yet the Red Cross was spending very slowly. And one of the institutional issues I'm getting at here is that with the money sitting in the bank account, it accrues interest. So there is a bit of a conflict of interest there. When you're able to make money off of the money that's been donated, then you actually have an incentive not to spend it so quickly. You know, that's I'm not saying point. that's why they they were so slow in spending it, but it is going to be a factor. Right. No, that's a, that's another great point. You know, before uh, b- before we close this out, Dan, um, do we see this only with Haiti, or, or is this more widespread? Like, for example, uh, the Red Cross collected a lot of money for the relief of New York, New Jersey, and the tri-state area after Hurricane Sandy. Uh, is there misappropriation with those funds as well? Do we know that? Do we not know that? Or do we think that there still needs to be more investigation? There's been a whole pattern, actually. I mean, with disaster after disaster, we see the same scenario playing out. The Red Cross becomes the go-to charity that everybody gives to. They get all this money, and then some of it doesn't get spent on the emergency relief that everybody's donating for, right? Like after Hurricane Sandy, after 9-11, after the Haiti earthquake, when these appeals are made, people are not thinking, yeah, I want to donate to the Red Cross so that it can sit around in their bank account and they can use it, you know, to maybe build six permanent houses down the road. They're thinking, I want to help save lives right now, you know, and they're they're putting trust into that the Red Cross is going to do that. That that's what they're going to be using the money for. And it, you know, like with after 9/11, uh, some of that money ended up going into um, general accounts. Uh, account funds at the Red Cross, so it wasn't being used uh, for emergency relief. And then, you know, then you have good reporters like Justin with ProPublica, others um, look into this, make noise about it, it becomes a bit of a scandal in the media for a while. Then the next disaster rolls around and everybody, you know, it's the Red Cross, it's the default charity to get money to again. 
Yep. I mean, well, it's isn't very that true. Always, yeah. And yeah. isn't that always the way it goes with, uh, the, you know, people are paying attention to something and then something else happens and, you know, every everybody collectively forgets and then everybody collectively goes back to doing it. I mean, this is like it's something we see not just with the Red Cross, but yeah. with other things as well. Very true. Very, very true. So, Dan, um, we do want to wrap this up, but if you can just let our listeners know how they can find out more information about the research you and your organization does and that blog you mentioned. Also, if you can give us that as well, that'd be really appreciated. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks. It's uh, Our organization is Center for Economic and Policy Research. Our website is net, And if you go to the homepage, we have a big link to the blog right there. It's called Haiti Release and Reconstruction Watch. Like I said, we started it back in 2010, shortly after the earthquake. And we've been using it to try to track where all the money has gone uh, that people have donated for Haiti ever since. Thank you very much for that, Dan. Right. So if you've been listening and you had questions, this is your opportunity. You have five minutes to call in, give a question, give a comment. Our number is 212-650-6903. Again, that is 212-650-6903. Or you can tweet us at BeHerd underscore radio. I'm going to open it up to the floor in here as well because I see some eager eyes and open hands. Selena? Um, I just wanted to say that... Um one thing that this report really pointed out, um, and regardless of the fact that we don't see investigative ju- journalism to this degree anymore, and reason being because of the lack of funding that um, uh, many media outlets have, and they simply cannot afford to pay and sponsor journalists to travel to other countries and to do investigative pieces like this. But I wanted to say that since that this did get done, and we're putting so much attention back on um, Haiti, which is almost like a forgotten country in general. It's the poorest country in the Western Hemisphere. And it's something that um, we haven't been paying attention to since probably the earthquake. But it's something that Dan said to me, really sad, really resonated with me. And that is, we cannot continue to forget. Now, the day before I read this article, I received text messages from the Red Cross always asking me to give money for this and this. And all I have to do is press Y or press N to, to send money. You know, they, right. they set it up so easily. And it's like, I it, it tears on your heart because it's like with a simple text, I can give $10 to help someone. But now that we have important pieces like this, we see that maybe we shouldn't be so trusting. Maybe we shouldn't have a blind faith into these major organizations because you know what? People are people. Yeah, so, and I want to give a chance for our callers to speak. We have Brother Omar from the Big Mango, and we love hearing from him. Brother Omar, let your voice be heard. Yes, hello. Thank you so much. And it's it's very painful when I hear these things. I did uh, volunteer work in Jacques Mel when I was in Haiti and in Petionville, which is one of the more bourgeois spots, and they weren't uh, they weren't affected by this. And then I also donated not to the Red Cross, but there was a Haitian uh, entertainer, Wycliffe Jean, I believe his name was, and he had his own. Uh, website and when when we gave to him, it was a group of us that gave. I believe that money went through. But you know the Haitian people. You say that they're poor, but they are some of the most artistic people on the planet. Their art. You have so many unknown artists in Haiti. It's unreal. Uh, I believe. Um, Mayor Bloomberg uh, was down there, and he says the same thing I'm saying. But, you know, I have a philosophy, and uh, I believe that since when, when Toussaint overture, uh, uh, the, the Haitian general, when he overthrew the most powerful army on the planet, 
uh, Napoleon Bonaparte from France, Viva la France. I believe that the powers that be want the Haitian people to suffer. Because this, America, Canada, uh, the, the European nations, Wall Street, they lost billions of dollars on that slave trade and with the plantations and the sugarcane. And they have long memories, okay? And I truly, and I spoke to a lot of Haitian brothers and sisters and they agree with me. They want the people to suffer. And uh, Bill Clinton, President Bill Clinton, was supposed to be uh, part of this uh, entourage that went down there to oversee the money. Uh, all this money is uh, uh, evaporated in thin air. And then he, these these guys are stealing. That's all they're doing. They're stealing. And but it's 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 sad because the people are so beautiful. They're they're so forgiving. But we have to remember that we're all brothers and sisters in this uh, diaspora. And when one suffers, we all suffer. You are absolutely right about that, brother brother Omar. And we thank you for that. But we do we do have to wrap up the segment, so we're gonna have to we're gonna have to move on. I wanna give Alyssa and Selena a chance to make some quick closing statements before we wrap up. I just wanted to respond to Brother Omar's statement. Um, you know, it was, that was really profound and we thank you for um, for calling in and sharing your thoughts because you're absolutely right. At the end of the day, it's stealing. And it's, you know, we can't necessarily say that from a legal perspective because no one has been convicted. But we can at least say it's very shysty and it's very shady. And I do hope that we can remember this and opt to um, give donations through other organizations who don't happen to be under an investigation. Like we have Doctors Without Borders. We have local organizations um, within our state, within our region. We have Occupy Sandy, as we mentioned earlier today. But let's not automatically, you know, just think of the, the Red Cross, which has become right. the go-to when it when we have natural disasters. Yeah, no, I have a few th- final comments that I'll make. I mean, one, it reminds me very much about the Salvation Army thing, where there was all these stories of, you know, a lot of people give money to the Salvation Army around Christmas time. It seems like, you know, hey, this is great. I'm going to put my money in the red bucket because I hear the ding-ding of the bell. And then there was all these reports came out about Salvation Army misappropriated funds or telling gay people that they were not going to be able to come stay in their shelters or not feeding them. There was a lot of issues with that. So you really do have to research who you're putting your trust into when you're giving them money. I mean, and the, and that's the same thing, which is just, you know, you shouldn't just text yes to give money right away. You should really think about who you're giving money to, as Selena points out. I mean, there's like great organizations like Doctors Without Borders and other people that are that do humanitarian efforts um, that are not necessarily the Red Cross. So, I mean, and the other thing that I wanted to mention is there's such an interesting and you know, this is going to sound a little like from left field, but we just had a huge investigation of FIFA, the soccer organization. We talked about it last week where we had Loretta Lynch investigating them. Meanwhile, we have this large spread malfeasance. I'll, I'll, I won't go as far as to call it corruption, but at least malfeasance going on within the Red Cross, one of our own non for profits, which helps to feed people, house people, clothe people, etc. Why is our own government not investigating this organization? And that's something we should also already be thinking about. So we do have to wrap this up, but I want to leave you guys with a couple of closing statements. When Jay-Z came out of retirement, he had an album called Kingdom Come. And on the song, he had a so- he on the album, he had a song about Hurricane Katrina. And there was a particular lyric where he said, I donated a million dollars, but it went right back to the hands of the people that were, that were um, oppressing, like m- the people who look just like me, so that I really help at all. And what he was saying was that even though he contributed money, the people who got the money weren't going to help the ones that the money was for. It was going to go right back to feeding and supporting a system of oppression, of racism, of like capitalism first. And that was his frustration. And when you donate to organizations like Red Cross and they fail so 
like amazing so they fail at such a height like they they done with Haiti or they did with Hurricane Sandy or even Hurricane Katrina it really makes you wonder where why are you investing your money and what I say to you is if you care about an issue if you want to help people your dollars always help but your hands and your heart and your effort go just as far and there are other organizations that you can go to right now but understand organizations or businesses or LLCs, whatever you want to call them, they're not inherently bad. It's just documentation. It's the people who run them. And we have to be, we have to scrutinize. We have to ask questions. We have to really pay close attention to the people that we trust to run our organizations, just like we're, we're very paranoid of the people who run our country. And until we do, and until we ask more questions and hold people accountable, we will just have another Red Cross. Occupy Sandy can easily be a Red Cross if you get the wrong people involved. So, guys, as we close this segment out, please continue to do your research on Haiti and the failures of the Red Cross and understand it's not just them, it's other organizations as well. The Red Cross just got caught. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard, and we'll be right back. Let's <laughs> go. 